Welcome to the Carmesh Rebels podcast. I'm Jenny Field. I'm Advita Patel. And I'm Trudy Lewis. So today we're going to talk about difficult conversations. Now, in an earlier episode, we covered productive disagreement. We did. And we had a really good chat about that. It was really an interesting topic. And I'd like to focus on how difficult conversations come about, especially for leadership, because Mm -hmm. it's something that we all have to deal with. We all have to have some involvement in a difficult conversation, whether that's with your family or with your work, with your work colleagues or with your boss and so on. And it's one of those things that we all grapple with and to a certain extent, all um, avoid. (laughs) Um, So I think um, for me, I, I want to challenge people, especially our listeners out there, that you shouldn't avoid those difficult conversations. There are ways for you to learn how to navigate them, deal with them, have them, and just enhance your life. Because again, how many of us just sit around wanting to have a conversation with somebody or wanting to deal with something that's bothering us and we just don't deal with it? So it's a real challenge, I think, today. And I think it's a challenge for us as well. I'd love to hear from Jenny and Advita as to some of those difficult conversations that they've had in their lifetime. <laughs> um, oh, gosh. Yeah. How long we got for this I know, episode? We probably have. <laughs> It'll be a therapy session. I know. <laughs> we can do that too. <laughs> but yeah, I think it, it'll be really interesting to delve deeper into how we feel about these difficult conversations, how we deal with them ourselves and how best to navigate them in terms of giving advice to other people. Because as I said, it's something, it's a learnt skill really to Mm -hmm. be able to manage your difficult conversations. And one of the things we need to understand is how important it is to communicate Mm. with each other. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that whole avoidance thing Mm-mm. doesn't really work. No. Um, so I want to start with Advita. Oh. Uh, you know I was going to do it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and and just delve into your thoughts on difficult conversations. I was just thinking when you were asking for ex- examples of our situation. I, I mean, oh God, there's been a few. There has been a few. And I have to say, you do get better with experience. So I completely mm, totally. understand that you have to practice them to an extent and push yourself out of that comfortable zone that we often like to live in. Uh, But I have had some some very meaty, difficult conversations, which has been just exhausting and energy draining. And I've learned from every single conversation I've had on how to manage them. I think I want to give a, a lighter example, light in the sense that, you know, which I'm sure there's quite a few folks who may be able to uh, resonate with, is asking for a pay negotiation, right? Mm-hmm. Salary oh, that's nice. That's yeah. a very good one. And I had to ask, I got um, a promotion at work and and the salary wasn't what I, where I wanted it to be. You know, when they give you a range, like <laughs> it starts from this and it goes to that and they start you from that. that yeah. And you're like, well, the range is this, so the budget is there. Yes. So why are you giving me this when I know I can do that? And it was almost like it was, um, so you always get told, don't you, in when you get a, a, an opportunity. So your salary, starting salary is this. Um, and it's there's no real room for negotiation is mm-hmm. what I got told. And I'm like, mm, but when I applied for this role, it was the, the range was quite vast, right? So I knew they had the budget. So I was like, but this isn't much from what I was getting paid originally. And it's a promotion and it's more responsibility. So, you know, I should be able to get paid fairly. 
But it's that whole kind of, and because the person I was dealing with was just so, you know, we talk about that, you know, when someone says something with such assert, like being so assertive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It kind of makes you think that it's, it's, that's right, they're right then. Like, yeah. you don't want to mess about with this then. I do that a lot. You, yeah. 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 You, you do it with such convention and, and, com- and you convince that person that there's no room. You kind yeah. of, it sets you back a bit, doesn't it? You go, well, they said there isn't no wiggle room and this is what it is and all that kind of stuff. But I really had to kind of push myself and have this, and I know this person and I knew her pretty well because we worked together as well. And I remember saying to her, I'm not happy with the, the salary that's been, uh, you know, that I've been given. And she's like, whoa, really? Why? And I was like, oh, uh, because it's not fair. Like, you know, this is what I get paid now and it's not much of a difference. There's, there's no real, and it was a bit like a bit nocturnal, a bit like, well, it's no, it's like, it almost, almost like be grateful. Yeah. you got an opportunity, yeah. be grateful. And I said, no, and I remember saying to her, no, I need to have a conversation about this before I accept the opportunity. And she's like, oh, well, let's go into, we had this little broom cupboard thing that wasn't really an office. It's just a room that was full of boxes. I'm sure everybody's oh, got Oh, lovely. One. Everyone had one Everyone, of those. Yeah. yeah. Let's go in the broom. Let's go in the cupboard. Okay. And it was <laughs> this, this feels like you're taking me seriously. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And she's like, let's go in this cupboard. And I remember sitting there and she's just like, it was almost like she was looking through me. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. Like, she's going to go through the motions and she's just going to keep going, no, no, no. And I was like, I need to be quite like confident in this. And I remember my palms sweating. It was ridiculous thinking back. I've been talking about eight, nine years ago now. But I remember being so like my heart was going and that, you know, there was, they were like, because of the way that they behaved in terms of this is a given, like it doesn't matter. I'm just, I'm just being respectful and having this conversation with you. And it was a really tough one because every time I said, well, I've done this, this and this, and I deserve that, like, well, you know, you need to prove yourself in this job is a completely different opportunity. I was like, yeah, but I need to do this, this and they're like, no, no. And then eventually it was like, I always say to people now learning from that is going in with the data. And I had to really go in and say, and you know what the really disappointing thing was I the the person who I was going to go and report into was really put out that I asked for more money and I was really surprised because wow, they were like because they said are you going to accept the role or not and I was like well I'm just negotiating my salary and they went what and then they said I haven't had a salary uplift for four years well that's more for you and I remember <laughs> thinking well how is why are you putting that on yeah. me like that's not my fault you mm. haven't had a salary uplift in four years it's almost like how you're already getting a pay uplift I've not had one for years. Why should you have one? Mm. And it was just so like such a weird, difficult, and it was a difficult conversation because I felt like I was being nuisance. Yeah, I felt like I was being the nuisance. I was holding things up. I was being a bit, you know, the blocker and the barrier. And everyone kept saying, "We need to start this role quite quickly. We have got emergency. We need you in this." And, and the pressure to kind of sign the deal. And I was like, and I, I remember going home and saying to my mum, "Like, this is this is what." And then like, she's like, "Stand your ground." It's uncomfortable, it's difficult, but you have to stand your ground. And I did. And they gave me the salary. Amazing. But yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is incredible. But I, that whole process of that difficult, and I can see why people will be put off. Of course, yeah. Like, you just wouldn't, you know, if you yeah, don't you get that. So if my mum hadn't pushed me and if my colleagues around me were like, make sure you get what you're worth. And I had good friends in HR who were like, keep pushing. Like, you know, you'll yeah. get what you need. And and the, the benefit I also had is that I saw how other people negotiated around me and stepped into that difficult conversation, mostly men, not going to lie. And they were just so like, well, if you either want me or you don't. Mm. And so, they were so confident with that. And I think that helped me a little mm. bit as well. But that was a, 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 a an example I think quite a few people may resonate well, with when it, asking for something. It resonates with me. I mean, I I think... 
I think something you said there was so important, the fact that you just dug your heels in yeah. and just kept going. And and that's what most of us don't do. You know, we, we always back off and we say, oh, you know, it's too, too hard an argument. And that's a great example around salary, because that is one of the conversations that you would have with somebody. Um, but it's, again, a lot of confidence to actually sit there and, and bring the evidence, whether it's data or whatever, and actually push to yeah. say, do you know what? I actually, we, we are going to have this conversation, no matter how uncomfortable it feels, yeah. we are going there. Yeah. Um, and that's what most people really have a problem with. Um, you, you know, individuals saying, I'm going to go there. Yeah. Um, because the assumption is you shouldn't rock the boat. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't say anything. Mm-hmm. You should just accept things for how they've been presented to you. And that's not how we are. Imagine if you'd done that and then you'd taken the job and then you just weren't happy or or weren't comfortable in the job because you're thinking, actually, do you know what? I took this job, but it's not what I want. And I think a lot of us go through experiences like that where we where we know that we're not in the right place simply because we've accepted yeah. accepted things without having a conversation. Um, and, and it really is an encouragement to kind of step out there and say, do you know what? Have that conversation, even if it's really hard. Yeah. So yeah. Jenny. Do you know, it's, I've been really struggling to think of things early on in my career as well, because I, I think you're spot on in terms of it gets easier with experience. And there's definitely things that if I, if I go back into my mind palace of the depths of my oh, career. Mind palace, that's a um, great one. <laughs> that's Sherlock Holmes, I think. Uh, but I like it and use it a lot. Um, that I can't think of many difficult conversations early on in my career. If I'm if I'm being honest, I feel like you... it's because I just let things yeah, happen. Yeah. I feel like it. You don't know any difference, so you just accept things, um, and then you may reflect on that as you go through your career. I think where I've had some very difficult conversations are more where I have felt like I have been treated unfairly yeah. and won't stand for that. And I think that comes with you know personal growth, knowing yourself, you know, and just and being a bit more experienced. And this was when I was an internal communications manager. And I'm going back now about, probably about 10 years ago. So not, you know, so not, you know, probably about halfway through my career. And the organisation I was working for, there was going through significant change. And I was sort of lightly aware of the change, not too much. And and if you work in internal communications, you know how frustrating that is when you sort of know something's going on, but you don't know because no one's formally told you, but you will be expected to, you know, change the world yeah. <laughs> when the time comes. Um, and and I remember being called into the CEO office and they said to me, um, I, I really want to update you on what's going on, but I have been told that you can't be trusted with confidential information. <laughs> Wow. Ooh, wow. Like, that that's, is, that's that's really heavy. hard. Yeah. So I said, oh, <laughs> that's, and I can't even remember because I remember just being so shocked at being told this because I'd have dealt with so much business change up to that point in my career that I couldn't work out where this had come from. So I said, oh, I don't really know where that's come from because I have dealt with loads of confidential information and we've shared through a couple of examples and they were relatively new CEO to the organisation. So they they didn't know me at all. And so we sort of had this conversation. They said, look, I really want to bring you in. And and we talked about it. And I said, can I just ask you where it came from in terms of being aware of of, of how I'm not trusted? And she said it came from, we shall call them Fred. (laughs) It came from Fred. And I was like, right, well, Fred and I have always had an okay relationship. It wasn't amazing. But I was so, because this goes to the core, right, of my being, so I finished that conversation, was being brought into the project and was then being made aware of it. But I walked over to Fred's office and said to Fred, do we have a problem? Me and you outside right now. 
yeah. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> I did, and I did go in probably, I would say assertive, uh, but I did do kind of like, hi, Fred, you know, I, have we got a bit of a problem? Because I understand you shared with our CEO that I couldn't really be trusted. And they said, no, I've got no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> oh my goodness. And then you're in a world of... Well, now who do I believe? You know, and actually it didn't really matter who I believed because what was important to me was that I was calling out behaviour that to me was unacceptable. And I said, well, that's what I've been told. You know, if there is a problem here, then I'd rather we talked about it. And they were very adamant there was no problem at all and everything was fine. But we didn't have the best relationship. So I could see there could have been a bit of sabotage going on anyway. And then we sort of left it at that and they they moved on in the company away from me. And I moved up in the company and and obviously carried on my career. But that was that was like multiple layers of difficulty because it was that immediate bluntness of... Well I, want, I, well, I want to bring you in. I mean, I do love a little bit of a gossip. That's not lie. <laughs> but in our in, in the world of communications, yeah. the amount of confidential stuff you have oh, to deal with, yeah. You, yeah. you can't be doing that. But it it was it was that difficult conversation followed by then me calling someone out who wasn't going to lean into that and say, well, actually, yes, in my experience, it's this. Probably because they just lied because they were nasty. Yeah. Um, and so that's, I've got loads, but that's probably yeah. one that has stayed with me forever. And it's one that I haven't shared with you guys before. So yeah, I thought I'd share a new one with you I while know. we're here. Good. Well, that's reputational as well. Oh, right? and that's what I don't, and that's, I, reputation for me is such a yeah. big value. Yeah. And I think that's where difficult conversations play such a big role for me because I don't want, I have such high expectations and I don't want anyone to sort of think any less of my own expectations. So reputation for me is really important. And for that to be questioned, I will lean into any difficult conversation if you want to go, because it's against my character, right? I mean, that's... What a horrible I used to read words. That's a horrible <laughs> Caught myself there. Yes. What a horrible person. Yeah. That's a horrible yeah. incident. And it's so but the, hard when they don't admit it. And and this is yeah. senior people, right? Yeah. So bear in mind, this was this this was a global CEO and yeah. I was internal communications for just the UK. And it was um and it was somebody that was also of a global yeah. senior position. Yeah. Yeah. It it's 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 really difficult when yeah. it comes to your reputation and but then I think because you called him out he backed down and said it wasn't him. Yeah. I, so yeah, I actually didn't march and went to the seats. Come with me now. Come with me right now. Right We're now. going in here. Because when... I think I would have felt like I was at school. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I was a bit like I don't ever darken my door again, yeah. you know, because I if that's like you've burnt your bridge, you yeah, know, forevermore. Yeah. You know, yeah. we're we're done now. Yeah. yeah. So I've been reading a book called um, Difficult Conversations. (laughs) (laughs) Aptly named. Um, By Douglas Stone and a couple of others. And um, some of the things he talks about is the differing perception that we have when we enter into a conversation Mm -hmm. with people. Love that. So the the perception that you have about a conversation is very different from the one that I have. Mm -hmm. And this is where assumptions and intention play into the whole thing. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it's about... Um, we make assumptions about the intention that the individual, the other person has. Mm-hmm. Now, in, in the case of Jenny's, um, there's probably no assumption <laughs> of of the intention, but he was called out about it. So he mm. backed down. But um, even the first conversation, I, mean, I was just merrily going into the CEO's yeah. office to have a chat. There was a very different agenda on both sides exactly. of that one. Exactly. You know. So sometimes the agendas play into how confident we are at dealing with the conversation and how how the conversation plays out and, and the hierarchy exactly right? exactly and and you know if you want a certain result from a conversation it is about taking that into account before going in there mm. which is we'll come to it a bit later about how you plan 
around a difficult conversation. But it the other part about it is about feelings and blame because mm. there's a lot of, you know, blaming going on. And that's one of the that's one of the perhaps detractors yeah. from having that conversation. And then the feelings are, well, actually I'm I'm very emotional about this topic. And the important thing I think for everybody is is, is getting to the point where you're not that emotional about mm-hmm. the topic or else you can't have that difficult conversation. Mm. So it's really difficult. And, you know, just, just wanting your thoughts on those themes around assumptions yeah. and intention and feelings and the blame. emotions is a big one. Yeah. And I always say to people is step away, step away for the moment, yeah. go and reflect and then go into it because I have been in difficult conversations. You both know I am not a, like, um, I'm not emotional in terms of crying, right? So I, I get so uncomfortable when people cry in front of me. FYI, anyone is listening. <laughs> my, I don't think I've ever cried in front of you. No, I've never no, cried no, in front of you. Have I not, cried? Yeah, you have. Both of you have. I yeah, have, several yeah. times. Yeah, you have. Yeah, that's true. Not it's several because... times. <laughs> you cry all the time. I can't remember that at all. We'll have to talk about this afterwards. <laughs> we'll talk about it. But I do, it's to the extent where my colleagues should send me memes of like me tapping, like a meme or somebody tapping someone with the end of a broomstick. <laughs> Also, they're you, there. They're there. Like, you'll be okay. Like, I, it's, that for me is uh, when emotions come to play, because I'm quite rational. Yeah. Like I'm, and I'm quite, um, I'm rational and I, I always have used data and insight to put my case. And then when people get very emotional about something, and that, not that I don't get emotional, but it's a crying thing that stops me having that difficult conversation. And there's all sorts we can talk about, you know, people using that to their advantage, I think, at times. And we'll get into it another time. But it is about, so I personally will not enter a conversation with somebody if I can sense that they're, they're emotional about it. But we're it. always emotional. No, emotional in the sense where they are not in my, like, they're going to burst into tears. That, oh, okay. That, so you just thing. won't even entertain I that. just can't because I know what I, if somebody bursts into tears, I will just be like, okay, right, fine. Because I, it, that whole, so I know my so, own. So just a question, what, what would, what would your reaction be in that situation? If someone does burst into tears, yeah. I will say, look, Go, let's stop this now. Okay. Go, go in, do what you need to do to kind of, you know, sort yourself out and get some fresh air and deep breaths and all that. And we'll come back to this because there's no point in having a conversation when somebody is so upset at the situation that they, they can't hear because then they're upset that they're upset. We've all been there. That's and interesting. Yes. Yeah, see, I, I've had someone cry when I've had a difficult conversation and I was being, I was being quite firm mm. in that conversation and they cried. And I, um, rather than asking them to sort of go in, and I don't know what's right. I'm hoping Trudy's going to tell us, by the way. I'm going to um, say something. <laughs> but, I, but I was I was like, oh, I wasn't expecting you to react like this. What's kind of happening for you to for this to for this to be yeah. warranting this sort of response? Um, I think because I, I was really surprised to see that, yeah. that yeah. you know, That's, raw emotional yeah. response. Yeah. And I will always, so I will always get them to go and calm down and then come back and say, what led to, what, what happened Oh, okay. There? So you do the calm down first. Yeah, so go I'm and like, cause... stay in the moment of crying <laughs> yeah. and Here's tell some me tissues and tell what's, what's going, going on. on. You're right. <laughs> so yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very much like Jenny. Um, I, w- <laughs> I actually don't have an issue with it. And maybe I'm cold. I don't know. Um, but it, it does tend to be that I'll let them sit in that moment. And because I feel there's something about experiencing a little bit of discomfort and that's the best place for them to express exactly what's going on. Because if you, if you give them the gap, I think it's, you can go away and think of it and come Mm. back and it's not necessarily what was exactly happening at that moment. So 
as a result, I have a tendency to to let them to let them work work and through it. Is it if you're the instigator of the difficult conversation and start crying, you let them carry on? If they're the instigator of the difficult difficult conversation, do because for me it's different. Okay. So if I'm the instigator of the difficult conversation and start crying, I will let them sit in that moment. <laughs> you sit there and think about what no, you punish. Think, because Punisher. Is, because it's not. It's more about to your point, Trudy. It is about them. It's the, it's the, that's when they realise that something they've done is unfortunate, mm-hmm. and you know, and it's not about pointing fingers and, and attacking them. But I do want them to reflect in that moment, right. and if it means that they are emotional and crying, then because I've instigated and I've told them that what they've done has made me feel really bad, and it's not fair what they've done. To the fairness point, and they cry, then. I, I will probably just, I, I have done so, let them cry. But it's not like I will keep attacking them. I'll just let them cry and say that yeah. moment. But if they've if they've come to me and said, I need to have a word with you because X, Y, you know, this is what happened. And I can see they're emotional. I will say, and we'll have a chat. If it's that crying, go, do you want to go in, gather right, your thoughts? Okay. And then I don't think in. that's ever happened to no, me. No, I don't oh, think. Really? I've, 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 yeah. still not, I've still not handled it that way. <laughs> what about me? Oh, You'd God. still let them sit in it, even if they were the instigator. More or less, simply because I, I think, and, and, and that, I think you're, we're all like that, really. But um, I have a bet, bit of empathy and I'm able to sit there and acknowledge what's happening, even if it, whichever side it's coming from, um, acknowledge what's happening and actually work through it. Because whether it's my tears or their tears, I have a thing where I see, if I see certain people cry, it will make me cry. But then, and it depends on what the situation is. Mm. But I guess... I, I guess I just have that thing yeah. where I'm just a bit like, you know, let's sit in it and let's let's I think that's my problem. Through. I think if I see someone cry, I will cry. Like, it's it, not because I'm up, like... Yes. Like, it's like when someone's sick makes yeah, you sick. Yeah, it just yeah. makes that... You do get, and I do soften my approach a lot. And that's why I think when I raise the difficult conversation with a person and they cry, it does make me soften a little bit. And I know... Yes, I think that's natural for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. Of course we are. And I think I don't want anyone to feel like it's never about upsetting people when you're having these difficult conversations, right? And I think that's what puts people off having upsetting. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. people will, I don't want to upset her. She's a nice, I mean, or she or they, or, you know, he's a nice person. And we've all done that, haven't we? I've done it. Like, oh, but you know what? They're really nice and they're really kind and they're really generous. So I'll just let it go. And I think it's harder when they're like that. It's much easier to have a difficult conversation with someone that you don't respect. Mm. <laughs> oh, hugely. Yeah, like. yeah. Yeah, but when it's somebody who's in your circuit and circle, and they have done something that's really bothered you, and it's been unfair, that's the hardest bit. Yeah, and I think is. when you care for somebody, you're having those difficult conversations, and they cry in that situation, whether it's intentionally or unintentionally, or they know what they're doing. I know some people will say they're taking advantage. It does make me empathise to your point, mm. which is why I think I stop the conversation, right? Because I'm not. I know I'm not being rational, and my emotions will overtake my rational side. But then that's that makes me think there is quite a few occasions where I've just walked out of a room yeah, <laughs> and whether that's normally in a group environment where I, I know I'm going to get too emotional to have that conversation yeah. that I just take myself yeah. out yeah. just I'm just yeah. walk out and that's what I would do so if it's me raising and I can see myself it takes upset, quite a lot for me does, to walk out yeah. a room like it's not I think there's probably I mean I've walked out of events where I've kind yeah. of felt like they've not really been ticking my box but I've been at you know like dinners or meetings where I've just had to yeah. remove myself. It takes a lot to do that. Yeah. It takes I a lot. I find it very, very difficult to um, remain in a situation if I'm the one who's originally upset. Yeah. Um, and then I, I do that thing where I get angry with myself, which makes it worse. <laughs> <laughs> angry at yourself? So, why? I, 
it, it's the embarrassment. It's the, okay. you know, I should not be so weak that I'm crying kind oh, of. Oh, okay. Yeah, fair. <laughs> um, yeah. So I really feel like I should be stronger than that, you know. Um, and so in a situation like that, I'd, I, I would tend to shut the conversation down if I know that I can't manage it. Um, I put that down to being very much controlled. Yeah. I'm a very controlled person. Um, so as a result, I need to control even even when I have a difficult yeah. conversation. Um, and that's where that's where the whole planning thing comes in and 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 having a think about it before it happens. Um and and not obviously being really definite about what you want to achieve out of the conversation. Yes. Um, because it's as I said, it it can be so challenging to go in there. Emotion is always gonna be the biggest one that comes in. Actually for me, it will be emotion and assumption mm. because I'll, I'll go in thinking that person thinks this, 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 yeah. and they don't. <laughs> um, but I frame the conversation based on my assumptions. If you've done that, you're already on the back foot. Yeah. And I think your outcome piece is relevant for any conversation, whether it's difficult or not, you've got to think about what's the outcome I want to achieve from this because there has to be an outcome for that conversation. It might not be you know, changing the world or it might not be, you know, something huge, but there there still should be yeah. some outcome from it. And I say that about any conversation or communication is what is what is the outcome you're looking for? And actually that check-in for me sometimes helps me avoid difficult conversations mm. because sometimes you think, oh, I really need to go and tell this person, <laughs> you know, what they've done. And actually what's the outcome I'm what's the outcome I'm looking for from doing that? And you know, I, I even thinking about you know, stupid examples where I've I've had to talk to people about alcohol at venues for a, for an event, and you know, really wanting to sort of take them to, to task a little bit about a decision that was very nonsense about beer and it, really boring story, which I'm not going to go into. But it was like I could really go for it here in terms of this is a ridiculous and make it really difficult. But to what outcome? Like the outcome I need is to change this particular. I need to change everyone's event forevermore so that they don't experience this. And yeah. actually, they've already changed their policy to do that, so it's irrelevant. But it's it's easy to get carried away in that yeah. emotion of yeah. what you want to do without that check in of you know right. What's the outcome? And I think because of the work that we all do, mm. I, I, I can now do that more in the moment. So whilst I'm on the phone <laughs> having the conversation, I can sort of rein it back in enough to go. No, just you know, yeah. this is you don't need to go down a difficult conversation right here. This is fine. Yeah. And I think we're getting into tips, aren't we? Now we're getting very close yeah. to tips. <laughs> Lots of tips. So shall I go first with my? Uh, yeah, yeah, go for it. So I to Jenny's point there about the outcome thing is so important. It's like what value is this going to bring and I to you know to the point of asking those kind of questions is can I change the situation and if I can how and what value is this going to bring and and also looking after your own mental well-being right mm -hmm. and am I in the right frame of mind to have this conversation and get the best best outcome that's needed for this situation not necessarily for you or the other person but for the situation to your point about the whole beer gate as we're calling it now <laughs> My friends are going to be delighted I've talked about this, by the I way. I love that, beer gate. <laughs> Do you, you recognise, actually, what is the point of getting really help about this when they've already solved, they've already, they've already solved it, yeah. Solved it, but it, it's important to raise that you weren't happy with it, but then it, you draw a line under it, right? And I think that's what we, in terms of, if you have to enter a difficult conversation with somebody, think about the outcome to Jenny's point you need and also what energy will you need to, to get what you need in this, yes. if that yeah. makes sense, right? Yeah. So don't burn too much energy if it's just because you're just angry. And this is why I talked about emotions, about be aware. So my first tip is be aware of your emotions. Mm -hmm. Like if you're not in the right frame of mind, you're feeling very angry, you're going to say something that you're going to regret, most probably most people do when they're angry or emotional, then it's okay for you to take a 
a couple of days, a day, a few hours, depending on how long it needs you. And then going back. And what helps me is writing my thoughts down Mm -hmm. and making a bit of a bullet list about what I want to cover off when I have that conversation with them. Because I think you walk into a room like you did with Fred and you did it because it was... Cause I'm it sorry, was, it was Fred. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> you, you were so angry at the fact that somebody ruined your reputation yeah. you walk in a room. And sometimes, you know, if your personality, like I know, if I, w- I would just be rage so angry, like how dare you? And I would be like, you and me out there <laughs> right now to the chief executive, like, no, I'm going to fight. But let's go and have a chat with this chief executive because I'm not comfortable with what you've said. And even though, the like I would, I know that. But if I went away, sat at my desk, wrote down my notes and write, I'm going to go and approach him and say, what's what's happened here? You know, I've been led to believe that you feel like I'm a gossip and I can't be trusted with information that's, that's really upset me and I need to understand why. That would help me because I know in that moment I would be so angry and like a flames that it would not help. That, and I would be known as somebody who would just be like, she's... You know, and it's not right, but people will be like, she's gone, she's lost a plot of her. Like, yeah. what's going on? Screaming and shouting is not helpful to anybody. And nobody, point, side point, doesn't matter who's in the wrong, nobody deserves to be shouted at. That's right. correct. At yep. any point, right? So if you're having a difficult conversation with someone, watch your tone. <laughs> I always say that to people. Like, I've what, definitely shouted at people. What, yeah, well, yeah. And I would like be like, don't speak to me like that, Jenny. Yeah. And I'd be like, <laughs> okay, well, then don't be so annoying. <laughs> Because you know each other. Yeah, I know. I know. But I I, I think my um, clippedness of my voice can sometimes feel like a shout, which because it's just that sort of yeah. And I think being factual is different from you won't go like if you're angry, like happens, right? Emotions happens, and you, you will scream and shout. We've all been there. Like I've had several shouty arguments with friends. It's made me feel really tired afterwards yeah. and exhausted and, yeah, it's, and it it's made the relationship much more difficult to mend. Whereas if we both entered it in a very respectful way and say, look, this is why you you made me feel, like Brené says it again, Dr. Brené Brown, she always says, like, how has that person made you, put your emotions on you, right? Yeah. You, you saying that made me feel this way. And she also talks about resentment over doing something. So rather than not enter a difficult conversation being led to do something and you resent that moment, it's worse than actually having that difficult yeah, conversation. Yeah, totally, totally And that's agree. something to kind of consider. And the second tip I want to share is the environment that you're in. And that's, and it may seem like a, it's an irrelevant point, but I think where you have that conversation is important. So important. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're ringing somebody on the phone, make sure they've got a space where they can hear you and they're not in a busy coffee shop or they're not at work or they're not in a really, you know, they've got other stuff going on. Be conscious of their environment, be conscious of your environment and be somewhere. And I always say, I know it was difficult in times of COVID and pandemic face to face, but when you're having these difficult conversations, be face to face, whether it's virtual face to face. I prefer person person because I think body language plays a part. Totally, yeah. But do not have a difficult conversation over the phone because you just can't sense the body language, you can't sense yeah. emotions, you can't see each other. So if you are going to have a difficult conversation, then check in with your environment, ask them to go on video if you can't meet in person, but where possible, try yeah. to meet in person because I think that's really important. People don't really think about the environment and that's yeah. an important one. No, that's really important. Jenny? Um, I've only got two. So um, the first is is the phrase I use a lot of, is it a hill I want to die on? 
Um, and that that was a phrase someone used with me years and years ago in my career about, you know, fighting every battle, mm. which is a kind of, you know, I could end up having difficult conversations all the time. And I remember someone that worked for me once turning around and saying, God, I've, I've left you where you fight every battle and I've gone to an organisation where they fight no battles and I really want to find, you know, it's like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. <laughs> I really want to find one that's just right. Um, and, I, and, and that was, again, probably fairly early in my career, but recognising that you don't have to go and have difficult conversations all the time yeah. or you don't have to make things difficult all the time. So that's the first. And then the second is about going into conversations with a view to understanding each other rather than winning. And that's definitely something we touched on on productive disagreement. It's something I've read more about in terms of the polarisation of society and how to bring people together. And it's also something I've read a bit about in the book that I was listening to, which is called Mistakes Were Made But Not By Me, which I'll pop a, a link to in the show notes. But there's definitely something about understanding and not winning. And that's a real mindset shift because as human beings, we're a bit conditioned to to win. Uh, but if you're going to go in there with this, I need to understand how we've got here. I need to understand this. Then I think it, it just makes for a much more productive difficult conversation yeah, so there my two I, I want to share my favorite quote another yeah, quote another it. quote you sometimes you have to lose a battle to win the war yeah and and that's and and it is you know you you can't fight everything you yeah. know and sometimes when you are you know when you're feeling like you've got to sort of push water uphill if you're working in a difficult team or a difficult project mm-hmm. you you can end up battling every single day yeah. and it's just it's not good for your well-being no. you know physically or mentally quite no. frankly so you have to pick the things that you're going to go into bat for yeah it, it's tiring it's yeah. tiring when you're doing it that way and and you know i think the interesting thing you mentioned uh sorry advita mentioned um the whole thing about environment and it really is important to have that safe place Mm-hmm. To, to talk um, and, and then, neutral sorry Charles, kind of neutral and as well. neutral, place neutral place to talk yeah so that both parties feel comfortable enough to actually say what they need to say yeah. um, well for me I think a couple of tips that I had was um, around the emotion bit and it's getting the emotion out of the conversation before you even start and how I recommend people do that is just write the worst letter ever <laughs> <laughs> express everything in nowadays we've got voice notes, so you could do it in a voice note, but express everything in a letter that you um, lay it all out there, get it out of your system, um, and then rip it up or or yeah. just discard it. Please do not send that email. <laughs> um, but um, but yeah, easy to do. But yeah, but it's 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 do that first, and. And actually get um get get a template of writing down what are the things that I need to cover in this conversation? What's the outcome? What 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 do I need to say? What do I need to make sure that is said and is covered each time? Um and and that will help you. And another thing is to listen. Mm-hmm. Um, a really big big thing around that is understanding what the person is coming with and letting them understand what you're coming with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that only comes from really having some active listening. So many times, you know, you're in the moment, you might be still slightly emotional and you miss what is really being said. And that's what that's what fuels some of the assumptions that you've already got. So your assumptions are the forefront in your mind and you're there thinking, they just said that, which endorses the assumption that I have, which yeah. actually they didn't say that and they've said it another way. So it's really coming at it from a perhaps more calmer place, actually, which allows you to say, I'm going to listen. I'm not going to pick up on assumption. I'm going to let them understand where I'm coming from 
and um, and that will help the situation. Yeah, and I just want to add into that kind of the power of silence mm. bit as well, because yes. I was just thinking about walking into that CEO's office for me and not knowing that was going to be a difficult conversation. <laughs> but actually, you know, there were some questions, but I, I was definitely quite stunned by that conversation mm. and was grateful that I could take the time to just be be quiet and listen and then, you know, go deal with Fred separately. But there is something about that power of silence. Yeah. Like don't, if if you are going into, a, if you'll end up in a difficult conversation that you weren't expecting, like a lot of what we've touched on is being quite prepared for a difficult conversation. That's right. But sometimes you can end up in one without realising. And I think the power of silence there is, is really powerful. Mm-hmm, you know, yeah. it's, it's, and, and the walking away, you know, I've heard what you said. Um, I need to go away and reflect on that. So yep. I'm going to come back, you know, later on today or tomorrow once I've had time to process what you've said. That's absolutely yeah. fine. Yeah. And, you know, don't feel like you have to respond or you have to be in that emotion that you're in. You can, you know, remove yourself from that with, with you know, just listening and then taking yeah. yourself away. I would say most difficult conversations are unexpected. Yeah, I think that, I, I actually. Think most are unexpected. Quite a few but of not them for are. the person that instigates Not the person instigating <laughs> Who's it. Who's probably and, and, planned it. Yeah. yeah. And and that's where the planning comes from yeah. because you, you know, if, if you're just entering in, and I, and I think... In the planning, it's also being generous to the person who you're bringing into yeah. that conversation. Because yeah. if you if you just mindlessly say, right, I need to get my point across. I need to make sure that this person understands this problem um, without actually considering where the other person is and how the other person needs to be brought in. It's unfair. Then think, that's unfair. I think you've got to also signal that type of conversation to some degree. You know, with, with any client that we go and when work with going through the field model, I'll always say, look, this is going to be uncomfortable. Mm. When we get to fixing some of the root causes yeah. of what's going on in your organisation, it's going to be uncomfortable. So we need to have that conversation somewhere where you are comfortable to your point of environment. And I've had those conversations you know, in in coffee shops, I've had them in bars, I've had, you know, all because it's wherever that person feels comfortable. And I don't mind, we'll have that conversation anywhere because it's about them feeling comfortable. You know, I'm very comfortable (laughs) delivering (laughs) bad news, but it's, you have to, I mean, and we say that right from the beginning, which is why sometimes people aren't ready to to have that conversation for a couple of years. You've got to set the scene. You've got to. So I can't recommend that book, Difficult Conversations, enough. I'll put it in the show notes, Um, but it is a really good one because he actually also includes a system to help you to plan your conversation. Love it. I'm going to go and go and write some emails now that I'm not going to send. <laughs> Good <laughs> at your system. I've got loads of names, so yeah. I'll do it on voice note. <laughs> Thank you for listening. If you want to find out more or subscribe to our newsletter, visit carmagerebels.com. We'd love to continue the conversation, so please connect, ask questions and share your thinking with us. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter and LinkedIn under Carb Mage Rebels. If you enjoyed this episode, remember to rate and review us.